This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey now, everybody. Welcome into show number 78 of Rock Bottom. I'm sorry, uh, the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA, because literally, ladies and gentlemen, we have hit effing rock bottom. I am your host, AJ Strong. With me tonight, holy crap, it's the entire crew of the Pucknologist. We have Hockey Jerk for the third week in a row and the return of the one and only Rocket Backhander. Hey. bring the party horn bring all your parties we're all horny it's rocket back here (laughs) lucky for us the playoffs don't start tomorrow jesus christ you're not kidding you're not kidding so let's take a hot and juicy one out of the hot takery bakery one drive show on tsn that's right, the Toronto Maple Leaf Sports Network calling out Eric Carlson for flat out being disinterested and embarrassing. Um, funny that we made these same points like a couple weeks ago, but whatever. You know, and 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 that some people said that we didn't know what we were talking about, but now that you know the TSN, the Talking Heads, the Canadian hockey people are now calling out Eric Carlson. So good on you. Good on but you. what if what if they're mining our content for that hot take? <sighs> can can a brother get a residual one time? I'm just asking. I wish. I'm just saying. Around the NHL, injuries are kind of piling up a little bit, people. Uh the darlings of the West, St. Louis Blues, we got Tarasenko out, likely till the playoffs at this point. For the Avalanche, Rantanen and Landeskog to mix, miss significant time. And for the Golden Knights, Mark Andre Fleury going to be out for a few games now Malcolm Subban not the most tested guy in the world Garrett Sparks is backup uh you know emergency call up let's just say that if you're going to look at start beating the Golden Knights now is the time and I would hope if you're a team other than Montreal you can do it inside of regulation uh the Nashville Predators have signed Roman Yossi to a full-term deal um are all these terms too long? Will this be negotiated during the next CBA, Jerk? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the NHL is already pretty upset with um, you know these seven and eight year deals that end up getting uh, traded or bought out or I shelved mean, how, away. How how long did Luongo sign for? Was it like twelve <laughs> or thirteen years? <laughs> yeah, I mean oh the, the this last CBA, the NHL definitely did better you know limiting it to eight because there were a lot of 12 13 14 deals uh out there but i think if if what i've heard is true the nhl wants that extension max around i think i think they said six years and then obviously that would make ufa contracts a five-year max which i think is nice because you're still sung en- uh, young enough to sign another ring the bell type contract yeah, it, yeah. it's getting it's getting a little weird we, we got to dial down some of these terms. Uh, <laughs> in a in an absolutely wild game in Dallas, no pun intended, because the Minnesota Wild were involved. Uh, former Shark Joe Pavelski, one of three stars that scored goals off Wild players to roar back from a 3-0 deficit 
to put five goals past former shark Alex Stalock. You, you talk about all the sprinkling of former sharks in this one, but that was sick. All the goals that went in against the wild, off wild players, not to be outdone. Braden McNabb for the Golden Knights said, hold my beer. And versus Montreal, two goals go in off of him. Oh, it's been that kind of week. And uh, finally around the NHL, uh, Andre Svechnikov goes full on lacrosse goal against the Calgary Flames. When is the last time you saw that? Just when? Tell me. In an NHL game. Anybody? Bueller? Exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, you see guys try it, but that's the first time it's ever been successful. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like an onside kick in football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you get it once a season, that's about it. Uh, so let's move on to the Sharks. Uh, since we last spoke with you, the Sharks went 0-3 versus Boston, Winnipeg, and Vancouver. Uh, before the Boston game, however, DeBoer talking about Mario Ferraro saying that Ferraro brings an intensity every night to his game that we need a little bit more from from some other guys. And I think when he says some other guys, I think he means everybody that doesn't have the name Mario Ferraro on the back of their jersey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they start off in Boston facing the hottest goalie tandem in the league in Rask and Halak. Rask does get the start, uh, you know, and... <laughs> Maybe it's easy to be that hot when you only allow the Sharks 17 shots on goal while firing off 41 in a 5-2 embarrassment. Uh, the Sharks, oh, dear Lord, their, their number one PK allows the first two goals on the power play, but he finally on the ice for a goal against. So there's that, I guess. Uh, the Sharks take eight penalties, somehow combining for 57 penalty minutes, including Peter DeBoer being shown the door. Rocket, have we reached rock bottom at this point for Sharks hockey? No, we haven't. And that's the frightening oh, thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. The depths, like we haven't even approached the Marianas Trench level of how bad it could be for this franchise. <laughs> like seriously, it. they haven't locked Pete out of the room. Um, oh, he, L.A. Kings, Daryl Sutter. Nice reference. Yeah, he hasn't given a disinterested uh, Todd McClellan post-game interview of, well, I've done everything I do. I don't know what else to do. Like, he hasn't given one of those interviews yet. Like, it could be so much. The guys aren't actively getting into fights with each other at practice. <laughs> Although, it of. might help. It You never know. It <laughs> might help. Uh, at the, I don't know if this is rock bottom. No, I would say it's not. I'd say like we're still being a little dramatic because, hey, we've still got eight weeks of, of superior Eric Carlson performance to look forward to because according to everybody, <laughs> everybody who has met at me for getting all frustrated with it, we've got that to look forward to this uh, year. Yeah. Um, hockey. Weeks. Yeah. Hockey jerk. How many days is it before with, you know, because there's only – at this point, the last time I looked, like the Sharks had like, I don't know, 20K left in cap space. So at what point do the Sharks bring back Michael Haley? <laughs> What's Mike Brown doing no. these days? Yeah, right. No, don't, don't, don't put that out there because, you know, because it, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've, I've been, I've been fired from jobs before and not once have they, not once have they said, Hey, why don't you just come back? And so we don't need to do the same thing with Michael Haley. We let him go twice. Let that be the end of it. 
I would hope so. Uh, so, you think we could get John Scott to come out of retirement? He wants to. You look yeah, at I was going to say. He's he a might dude. need the morale booster on this squad, man. Dude, that guy is chomping at the bit right now. Uh, after Boston, the Sharks would start a six-game homestand, and you would think that this is an opportunity to try to put some points back on the board. And opportunity wasted. Starting with Winnipeg, the Sharks would post 53 shots on goal and a 3-2 loss to the Jets after they scored twice, five on five, but whatever. Jones makes a whopping 16 of 19 saves. All right. And uh, the Sharks, before this game, the practice that morning, they would tease us by putting Ferraro with Burns during practice together. They don't end up doing it in the game for some reason. Whatever. Either way, clearly, after being completely embarrassed by Boston, who at that point, let's be honest, probably the number one team in the league, but mm. they turn around and they fire a lot of rubber on Hellebuck. Now, Jerk, I mean, is Hellebuck that elite, or is it a case of, hey, you know what, quantity over quality? Yes. There you go. Okay, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, he, that, Connor, that makes sense. <laughs> Connor Hellebuck does not hella suck. Uh, he's a very... He's a very good goalie. Oh, damn, it. I knew that joke was coming. <laughs> he, he's a very he's a very good goalie, and I I think if if Winnipeg can figure it out, I think he could be one of the best goalies in the league. But at the same time, a lot of those shots that you are alluding to, AJ, um, they were in the third period when it was tied up, and they were a lot of shots from between the blue line and the faceoff dot, and it's kind of floated on net, get the stoppage, go to commercial, and it's like uh, okay, I mean. Yeah, like you said, quantity over quality. I mean, how did it help? I will say, you want to talk about helping, though? Um, AJ, last week we talked about not finishing your checks, you know? Um, Except for a few guys, we talked about that. I noticed so many guys finish their checks against Winnipeg. I don't know if you did. Yeah. No, I absolutely did. And, and it, like, But that's the whole thing. It's like, well, at least there was that. I mean, they finished checks. They finished IOUs. They finished credit cards. They finished everything. Mm-hmm. It was great, but still, quantity over quality. What are you going to do? Uh, they followed up back-to-back versus Vancouver, um, and then they drop another one, 5-2. to two. Uh, Pedersen absolutely laying this team. I think they could have just put Pedersen out there, and him by himself may have just beaten the Sharks in this one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and plus we have a not a goal, then it's a goal, then it's a review, then it is a goal again, whatever. But in this one, finally, Ferraro is paired with Burns. Uh, was it an upgrade? Debatable. Uh, but the other thing is Ferraro also played a forward position in this game on the power play in this 5-2 to two loss. Uh, I mean, Rocket, at this point, are you surprised that, like, EK65 isn't centering a line between Burns and Ferraro? With with I'm Couture su- and Thornton playing defense? To be honest, I'm surprised EK65 isn't, you know, in between the pipes for the second power play unit while Jones is out there centering fucking uh, Thornton and Couture. Like, that's... Uh-huh. I, I, I'm surprised... Like, God, I shouldn't be surprised... Uh, no, that's not the way to... There's stuff that in other seasons would seem downright impossible. That this year, because of the circumstances, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just like, hmm, they might do it. And I, I just feel like that 
that whole attitude has been an added an element of surrealism to this entire season thus far, this young season. I'm I'm just dude, the ninety two ninety three sharks who won eleven <laughs> games are sitting here literally going, uh, "What in the hell? Oh my god!" So uh, and. The other thing that we need to talk about, Jerk, for a hot second, Winnipeg and Vancouver, both of these games, a Friday and Saturday night. Now, granted, Winnipeg, not setting the world on fire. Uh, you know, I think a little bit more expected of them this season. Not doing it. Vancouver, on the other hand, not nearly as much expected of them. They are clearly exceeding expectations in Vancouver. And, so, real quick, um, during the season preview, who who said don't sleep on the Canucks? Was was that me? It could have been. Hold <laughs> on. Well, no, no, I got to go back. It, it could have been Coyotes. I'm not sure. I, you know what? I said don't, I said don't sleep on everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. It. You're like except for if you're not if you're not named the L.A. Kings, don't sleep. <laughs> wow. But you're talking games on Friday and Saturday night, and the one thing that really stood out to me watching these games was the lack of attendance. There were some lots of empty seats in both of these games, and I think that is something yeah. that uh, you might you might have to uh, worry about. And uh, like I said, November's a big month for the Sharks. Eleven to fifteen at home. Uh, they've already played two, so now it's nine of thirteen at home. But we will see. There, not I mean, there's some decent teams coming in, and with the exception of Minnesota. But other than that, there's some decent teams coming in. But let's drop into the numbers for a hot second. Combined, plus minus, for Vlasic, Burns, and Carlson. We talked about it last week. There, I think they were at a minus 29 collectively. They have increased that to a minus 34 after the Vancouver oh. game. Uh, did you know that the Sharks have five of the 15 worst guys on the plus minus? That's Yeah, that's something to uh, write home about. And when it comes to natural stat trick and looking at more of the numbers, the Sharks are 30th. Now, remember, there are 31 teams in the NHL. The Sharks are 30th in goal differential at minus 20, 29th in goals against, 29th in goals uh, against average, 29th in save percentage at 881, 30th in high danger chances allowed, and 28th in high danger chances for. It is... A shit show unless the Sharks are on the penalty kill, which right now they're number one. <laughs> what do you do here, Rocket? I mean, how do you write this ship? Where do you start? Well, you know, I don't want to... How do we write this ship? Like, first of all, I, I know that dry docking this beast and disassembling it down to the bolts and then chopping it up and shipping it off to India is out of the question. But that would be... That would be my my uh, my solution for this because it is just a, you know, and that's another reason why I think I'm not upset. Why I, I should be so passionate like other Sharks fans are this season, like I, because I can't see a way to fix it with the way things are being run, and I don't think I don't know, man. Somebody's got to find a way to change something because they can't continue like this. It won't get better. It'll just be Pete DeBoer's line blender du jour. And, you know, that's going to be the same outcome. Sharks lose. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> I don't think you, I mean I mean I don't God I don't want to be that person because I was that person last season and everybody was like you're overreacting oh blah 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 you're just a hater so that's kind of turned me off on giving my honest opinion about it but uh, I've felt like this team has been nose diving towards the planet at a rapid speed since last season and they haven't really changed any of the personnel on either side of the ice um, to really change that trajectory. So I'm like kind of just sitting back waiting for the big splat to happen, you know? <laughs> it feels like it has happened. And... No, it hasn't. It's going to get worse. And I mean, if, hey, I want to know, like, what's next year's draft pool look like? Is it strong? Are we going to do okay? I don't know. <laughs> like... Ask Ottawa because they have the pick. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, and I just... that pick keeps getting better and better. Uh, that so as it stands right now, if the if the draft started tomorrow, uh, okay. I believe I believe Ottawa would be picking first with their own pick and uh-huh. third with our pick. Ooh. There's some good news. <laughs> I mean, so I'm really excited to watch the Ottawa Senators next year because that's the could have been the ultimate could have been of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I was I was telling Rocket before we went live. You know, this this is right where we want to be. Things are going to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be good. We're 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 come we're coming up the. We're going to slowly. We're going to make everybody think we suck. What's the opposite of coming in hot? The San Jose uh, Sharks. Going out cold. Yeah, I guess. Which is, yeah. which is what the Sharks are also doing because they look True. pretty dead some nights. Um, yeah, you know what. I, I, I agree with Rocket. I think there's been a lot of things the last year and a half that have been a little a little sus, AJ. A little sus? A little sus? Uh, I like it. <laughs> but uh, we have not hit splat yet. Rocket is correct. I, I li- I'm trying to be a better person, more optimistic. I, I like to think they can turn it around. Um, but what is splat? But I, I don't know. What it, like, how many more losses? Like, Where do you call splat? <laughs> Splat is trading off pending UFAs at the trade deadline. I think Splat is um, is a is a fight. There's got to be like some sort of fight in public. There's got to be a, a meltdown. We're um, talking four, and... ten, and one. Like, what mm-hmm. is Splat? Is it is 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 Splat four, fifteen, and one? F- five, you know, sixteen and two. Like what? Eighteen. Is it has to be eighteen in a row. They have to beat the record. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. They have to beat the record, okay? That's that's when you know it's splat. We haven't gotten 17 in a row yet, so just cool your jets, man. Yeah, hey, well, what, and, and like you're saying, there is there is room to sink because right now the Sharks are only 23rd in scoring. So there is some room. <laughs> <laughs> the power play has fallen out of the top 10 to 13th. Uh, the defense is not defending. The Sharks have allowed the first goal in 11 of 15 games, have been outshot in almost every game, and while they were able to throw 53 shots on goal and only allowed 19, they still lose. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of feeling you right now. Like, at this point, if I'm Shimmick, I'm sitting there going, "Uh, no, I'm not ready to come back. I'm good, guys. (laughs) Yep. Like, seriously. By the way, uh, talking about Shimmick for a hot second, uh, the Barracuda, since Shimmick has come back, the Barracuda have played three games. For some reason, bizarrely enough, I'm not sure why he did not play November 1st versus the Stockton Heat. But prior to that, 
being a game versus the Bakersfield Condors. Shimmick did, in fact, play, got an assist on the fifth goal in that game. Beautiful pass, by the way. And then uh, along with that, the Barracuda recently played the Tucson Roadrunners, and Shimmick got an assist in that game as well. It would not surprise me when you look at how <laughs> how close to rock bottom the Sharks are, that it's kind of like, Christ almighty, get Shimmick in here. But this is something that we talked about a little bit last week. When the entire Sharks' defense is healthy, they're solid on the left side. You look at Shimmick, Vlasic, Dylan, Ferraro. You, you have some nice pieces over there. And then beyond that, you can look at, say, well, okay, Carrick. Yeah, okay, whatever. Middleton, sure. But on the right side, it's Burns, Carlson, and then what? It dives off a cliff to Heed and Prout. Prout has having concussion issues. Don't know what's going on there. Tim Heed clearly shot or did something wrong to Peter DeBoer's dog. So he's in Chateau Bow Wow. Either way. The, here's the thing that I want to ask you. I'll start with you, Jerk. Have opposing teams, first off, figured out DeBoer's system uh, over these last couple of years? And part and parcel of that, you you think about it. If you're playing against the Sharks, to me, it just seems like, and, and I was talking about this with some friends earlier today, if you're playing against the Sharks and you're in your your defensive zone, it seems like, you know what? Stack everything on the left side. Why? Because the Sharks have no depth on the right. All their power offensively is on the left side. So just stack over there. And then when you're in your, uh, well, I guess the Sharks' defensive zone, stack everything on the right side because it's just Burns and Carlson. Other than that, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like you, just, like they, all their power for the Sharks offensively is on the left side, and all their power defensively is on the right side. So it just seems like there. It, it seems like it would be something that would be pretty easy to draw up a game plan against Dirk. Yeah, uh, I, I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think in an ideal situation, you would want to have a really good defenseman who can break out the puck on both sides of the ice. But as you alluded to, both Bernsey and Carl are on the right side. And so if if they do have to go D to D to the left side, not saying any of those guys on the left can't break it out, but if you're looking for that stretch pass or that fly through the neutral zone and get the puck in the offensive zone play, it's going to be less likely to happen from the left side versus the right side. I think what it is, and this is a little bit where we're putting on the coach jerk hat here. So if you... <laughs> If you watch the Sharks, specifically we're on the power play, they really like to spread the defense, uh, the, I'm sorry, the opposing team out. You know, they cycle the puck around the net. They go D to D. They go left D to right dot, right D to left dot. They like to spread it all out, get it nice and spread. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the problem with that is in doing that, which if you do it right, you can thread a pass, you know, through a two meter wide hole to you know, whomever and backdoor tappy, no problem, but they're spreading the opposing team out so much that they're restricting their play. Them being the sharks are restricting their play to along the boards. And so they either put the puck off of another player and it gets chipped out or the opposing team just chops it out. 
they're they're spreading them out too much to the where they're just suffocated. I would like to see the Sharks play more around around the middle of the ice, around the crease. I, I don't recall what game it was, but there was a team on the power play and both defensemen were like 10 feet away from the blue line towards the net. It was real tight, in tight, a lot of bodies. And it's a little more chaos, but I think when you have everything that much closer, it's sort of just like the Wild West where like a puck can go in from anybody. It's, yeah. I mean, Rocket? Oh, here we go. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm saying no, I, if can't, the, it, I can't articulate it any better than that. I'm well, sorry, dude. At, at this point, I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw it, but um, the game versus the Canadians in Dallas, there was some girl. I don't know who she was, um, but she's rocking a Canadians jersey, and she's literally got big ass spoon diving into oh, a bucket of mayonnaise. Of yeah, I'm ready to hire her as the new coach for the Sharks at this point. <laughs> because, hey, she's clearly thinking outside the box. <laughs> what in the world was that about? But anyway, that's, yeah, that's where I'm like sitting. I'm going to go and look when all of the defense finally at some point gets healthy. You know, we've seen Carrick float up and down. Prout plays a couple games. Boom. He's been out since. Um Middleton comes in for a game. He gets injured, has been out ever since. Ferraro playing well, uh, you know, exceeding expectations. Dylan playing, I mean, being the guy you expect him to be. Uh, Vlasic, uh, well, and, uh, you know, but either way, the big, the, the big three, the big money guys on the blue line not earning their cash right now, I just... You you have to put it out there, and it's something that we talked about last week, but it still bears repeating. Was signing Eric Carlson a mistake? Rocket. Um. Uh, well, at the risk of not sounding like a nice person, yeah. I don't know that Rocket has ever risked that ever before, or been worried about making that risk. Uh, I'm just well, because you know, like. I try, as I go along in my experience as a fan, I try to be mindful that these are humans. And, you know, I don't want to be too shitty because, you know, like, yeah, they make millions of dollars. But they still make a lot less than other professional athletes. And they still have their own personal drama to deal with that, you know, the general public has no idea about. So, like, I'm trying not to be too shitty about it. But, God damn it, Doug. Like, I think about this deal, and it just makes me mad. And it doesn't make me mad that they decided to try to experiment with, you know, having a Burns 2.0 out there. It was, why not? One was good. Two should have been better. It made, made sense while it was, you know, out there. But that's the but, whole point, is you're saying, you know, one was good, two was better. Jerk, your take on that? Where it was, no, no, you no, already but, have a Burns, why do you need another? Well, see, but that's that was, I think, the philosophy behind it. And it's like, sure, okay, shoot your shot. That's great. But I don't know why Doug had to go that big in order to get that deal done. And did he have to go that big to get that deal done? And like, that makes me mad. You know, it's the thing everybody says, well, if the Sharks weren't going to give him that, somebody else would have. Which to me, I always sit there and go, okay, fine, let them. But remember, the Sharks were the only team jerk that had the option to give him the eighth year. And right now that's not looking like the best. 
No, it was not a mistake. It, I, I mean, I went into this last week, but like, it, it's going to turn around. That's all I'm going to say. It's good. Like, you don't dominate the league, and I'm speaking as Eric Carlson. You don't dominate the league for so long, and then all of a sudden you suck. I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying it's X, Y, Z as to why he sucks or is playing poorly. <laughs> but there's no reason to think it's not going to turn around. And like Rocket said, if you have one, why not see what two can do? Now, I was definitely in the camp where I'm like, why the hell did we resign him? We have Brent Burns. But if everything gets dialed in, then who cares? But and will you, it be you dialed have a hard in time. soon enough? Well, I don't know. We got eight years to see. But no, dude, no. we we got a few no. games here before like the Sharks are just completely out of the playoff window. I don't know. I, I I hate this idea that Eric Carlson is the root of all our problems, and I don't want to be that guy. But I think if you say Let's... Eric Carlson has solely caused the destruction of this team, I think you're wrong. I, I would agree with that. I don't think that Eric Carlson as a person is the root of all the Sharks' problems. Is I don't his even think contract a, a, <laughs> like a key factor? I think you can make an argument for that. But how many Okay. How many how many how many players are on an NHL roster? Anywhere from twenty to twenty three. Well and I mean, twenty three on an average night. Right. And Eric Carlson is one person. Yes. So everybody and I mean who, ma- who makes the money of three people? Yeah. Sure. Sure. But just because Eric Carlson is playing poorly doesn't mean that other people aren't playing poorly. Oh, I no, that I'll absolutely give you and as we talked about earlier uh in the cast, uh you know, Jones and Dell absolutely need to step up and better their numbers. Uh, the other thing that we talked about is Cornosh, the goalie for the Barracuda, is putting up solid numbers. Two shutouts in six games, 1.81 goals against last I looked, 926 save percentage. That's far and away better than Jones and Dell. Now, of course, is Cornosh seeing NHL-level talent on a regular basis? Uh, No. uh, 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 No. But... (laughs) When the Sharks have like 20K in cap space, their options are insanely limited. So what do you do? It's do you bring up Cornash to at least give him a game or two to give him a look, especially when you consider the fact that the Barracuda after tonight, they're off for the next seven days. Do you bring up Cornash to play against Chicago or Minnesota or something like that to shake things up? Do Let's be honest, contract-wise, Brendan Dillon right now has the most value to to get anything in return, especially if Shimmick is ready to come back because then you can put Shimmick, Ferraro, and Vlasic on the left side. That makes Dillon, I don't want to say expendable, and it is kind of silly to get rid of your best defensive defenseman, but when you guys can't score a goddamn goal, if that's going to be the one thing that gets you back something... I can understand why you would make that move, but still, Dylan's only making like 3.2. What are you going to get with that on the right side? Because it clearly needs to be a right winger. It's tough because, like, on one hand, obviously the smart thing is dealing from a position of strength, but at the same time, un- until you're completely out of the playoff picture, like, you should be keeping all your best players. You know what I mean? You, you don't think the Sharks are out of the playoff picture right now? 
Well, they're not out of the playoff picture until there's that little E next to their name in the standings. I mean, yeah, all I mean, they, I, yes. I mean, I know you can't win the cup in October, but you can but you certainly can hurt it. your chances and winning it. <laughs> I mean, it, it all it. I mean, I think the Sharks. They're last in the division. Surprisingly, they're LA is ahead of them. But <laughs> who saw that coming? Yeah, but all it takes. I mean, now if you know if if is it's you know it is it's not absolute but if the sharks can rattle off a five game win streak which is very doable in the nhl all of a sudden they're right back in the conversation but no i i i get you with that i'm just oh god who i wish i could remember who it was but somebody had pointed it out that typically i think it was like when you when you get to the point of american thanksgiving that if you are out of the playoff picture by more than, I think they said, like four points, and right now the Sharks are out of it by more than four points, if you're out of it, they said, I think it was something along the lines of over the last 10 years, only like four teams out of like 29 have been able to claw their way back. So the stats are not in their favor. And again, this two things. First off, the schedule is has not been kind to them, and it's not getting any better. And even though they've got a ton of games at home in November, it's against quality people. And until these guys figure something, I mean, the the entire team is shook. I mean, you you hear it in the post game, the the. You talking to the guys and say, "Yeah, we're frustrated, we're embarrassed, or whatever." But you know, we're not passing blame. Everybody needs to look at their own game. Blah blah blah. Okay, well, yeah, you're gonna say all the correct things to the media. Like, I want to be the fly on the wall that is in there when the media is nowhere to be found. Just to you know, uh, again, there, there's just so many leaks in this boat. I, I, I'm not even sure where you start. You dry dock the boat, you strip <laughs> it down to the bolts, you cut it up into pieces, and you sell it as scrap metal to India. That's what you do with this to right this ship. This is the damn Titanic, dude. Well, let me ask you this then, Rock. Mm. What will it take? Like, okay, four hypothetical shits and giggles. Let's say that between now and Christmas, the sharks continue the pathetic trajectory that they're on and between now they have you know 25 games and they win five of 25 and you know at this point coming into it by the time christmas is around they have literally 10 wins when do you start selling off pieces like when do you say okay this season is a lost cause and it's time to start planning for the future now take into account Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Vlasic, Burns, Carlson, Jones, all these guys have long contracts and no moves or no trades. Like, and you don't have any cap space. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, probably around All-Star, All-Star break. It's when you have a, a little bit of time to regroup and to... That's when you're taking Execute. stock. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Twenty fourth, twenty fifth of January. All right. Go ahead, jerk. I was gonna say I, I agree with Rocket there because yeah, it looks bad right now, but 
there's so there's so much that can change. You know what I mean? Guys and teams they get hot, they get cold. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets somebody gets injured. Somebody who's good all of a sudden starts playing like crap. Somebody who is like a virtual unknown can come in and absolutely. tear it up. Oh, dude! Like, I, absolutely, dude! I like I swear to God, dude! I had a piping hot cup of coffee yesterday. I put a mm-hmm. twenty-eight on it, and all of a sudden it was an iced coffee. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying the Sharks are still a Stanley Cup contender and, and let's all smile and put on our company hats. But, like, there's so much that is going, like, uncharacteristically wrong that you you have to think as a intellectual individual that when those things start going right, yeah, the, Sharks for yourself. Whole, <laughs> the Sharks as a whole will play better. Like, Timo Meyer. Tomash Hurdle, Logan Couture, like these guys will all play better eventually, and eventually, it like I don't, that's uh, what I'm something like, to hang your hat on. Like in 2022, it, it, Timo's gonna be amazing, <laughs> right? I, I I just think there's a lot that's going. It, it's unfortunate because there's a lot that's going wrong all at the same time. Yeah, but that's how it goes, though. You know, like it's right. never just one thing. It's always just like, well, welcome to the circus. But it's not about. But these are all our monkeys, right? It's not about how much crap gets thrown their way because there's you know thirty other franchises in this damn league that have their share of problems, internally and externally. That at the end of it, it's like it's not about how little garbage came up your way. It's how well you negotiated the garbage. And San Jose is not negotiating jack shit. They they couldn't figure out a master lock combination at this point. No, it's well, and and that's kind of my point is that something clearly needs to change. So what is mm. it going to be? Because your options, based on the contracts that Wilson has handed out, your options are insanely limited. You can bring up Cornash. You can try doing that. You can try moving Dylan for an offensive piece. You can fire Peter DeBoer. And either put in Bugner or put in somebody else, but take into account DeBoer signed a multi year extension. Unfortunately, terms were not released, but he did sign a multi year extension over the last summer. And in in let's talk about that for a hot second as well. It's funny that somebody to our, our buddy Kevin Kurz at the Athletic, somebody pointed out to uh occurs that you know maybe it's time to find a new voice it's fine time to find a new coach and Kurz's response was oh yeah let's find in in clearly sarcasm just dripping from Kurz's tweet as most of his tweets do uh but Kurz <clears throat> saying oh yeah let's get rid of the coach who was who, who who was this close to taking the team back to the final for the second time in four years you know, if if Eric Carlson is healthy, if Hurdle is healthy, if Couture is in the, it either way the the thing like I I respect and I understand where Kurz was coming from, but there were two points. First off, injuries happen; they happen to every team, so it's kind of hard to hang you know to sit there and go, well, if, if you know if these guys hadn't gone and gotten injured, you know you can play the what if game till the cows come home, but somebody else made a better point saying, look. You can sit there and make that that claim about Peter DeBoer that, oh, you know, he came this close to taking him to the to the cup final again. Yeah, he also came this close to losing in the first round. 
<laughs> you know, if not for for that ridiculous five minute major, you know, Sharks were down three nothing with you know ten and change left in that game. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's kind of like so. If you look at it that way, it's like oh, say so, okay, then now let's look at DeBoer's picture. It's Cup final his first year, get bounced by Edmonton in the second year, bounced in the second round after sweeping Anaheim. You get bounced by uh, Vegas, and then what very likely could have been being bounced in the first round yet again, this time again by Vegas. You know, is Doug Wilson taking that into account? We all, I think, agree that Hosso, Doug Wilson is Hosso's guy. He just looks at it and says, hey, you know what? You've been the GM for 15 years. You've got, gotten this team to the playoffs for 14 to 15. You're my guy. I just don't see Hasso making any type of a change at that level. So what's the next level? It's coaching. Bugner's on the bench. That's an option. I don't know what else there is, but again, just signed a multi-year extension. Again, we can sit here and go through all the hypotheticals. I just don't understand. Like I, I'm, I'm at a loss as to where what's the first hole in this boat that you start to try to plug. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, you're right. It's very tough. Like there's just so much happening, right? It's, it's like, and and the other kind of crappy thing too, is if you, you put all your attention on one issue, the other issues get worse or a new issue is created. And, Mm -hmm. and it's been well documented that I am not a person who says fire the coach because the team sucks. I've never been that guy, but me as well. In fact, I have a very specific memory, I think, was it in like 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. I remember the team was on a really bad streak, and mm-hmm. I remember being outside the south entrance of SAP talking with some friends, and at that point, there was a lot of talk about firing McClellan, and Doug Wilson like walks out of of the doors, oh, and me, you know, I think it was me and like two friends were like, you know, hey, Doug, can we get a photo with you? And he's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, guys, not tonight. And we said, okay, no problem. By the way, it's not to- it's not Todd's fault. Because <laughs> at that point, it really wasn't. <laughs> I I just think, you know, I've never been that guy. But at the same time, I, I do wonder what a new coach would bring to the table. Now, obviously, a lot of it is on player personnel, like, we talked about last week, AJ, the players put on the skates and the players oh. score goals and win games. Now, but, when you say new coach, are you talking about completely new voice? Or are you talking about sliding Bugner over? New as in someone who's not Peter DeBoer. So either so or, I guess. Matter. Okay. What would a new coach with not, not in, you know, I hate the idea. Oh, they don't, they've tuned out the coach. I think that's a BS thing to say. I'm more thinking like maybe somebody who has a different philosophy or a different opinion of what works best in a game situation. Like how earlier I talked about how the Sharks on the power play like to spread it out while some other teams like to bring it in tight. Just stuff like that. Different philosophies. How how would that work with the player personnel the Sharks have? And to go back to Eric Carlson again, if the Sharks maybe had a coach who was all about run and gun, high fly, let's move quick. I think Eric Carlson and, to a lesser extent, Brent Burns, I think would thrive under that kind of system. While Peter DeBoer is more – he's more reserved. Let's move it around. Let's see what opens up from from us holding on to the puck a lot. Well, I think – I don't know. 
No, I, I like I get what you're saying, but the thing that is getting me is the fact that you watch these games and you see that sometimes in certain situations the sharks are playing hot potato. Like they get the puck and it's literally how fast can I get this off my stick? Like I don't want to be involved. I like I don't want to be to blame. Get the puck away from me. Let's post it to somebody else. We saw over the last two games, there was a couple times. Dylan had a point blank shot. LeBanc had a point blank shot. I think Timo had a point blank shot. One or two other guys had like, I mean, well, okay, not point blank, but they had shot opportunities. And it seemed like their first thing rocket was, no, let me pass this off to somebody else. I don't want to be responsible right now. Yeah, I think that it's not necessarily responsibility, but they're they're trying to find higher quality chances because what'll happen is you end up with, you know, 50 some odd shots on goal and you're still going to lose because you're not generating high risk, high quality shots. You're just peppering the net with garbage and hoping that something gets through. But, you know, like you said, hella buck doesn't hella suck and that doesn't work on goalies <laughs> that don't do that. You know, so like I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hella buck don't hella suck. I like that. that yeah, I really like that too. It's gonna <sighs> stick with me for a while. No, it feels good. So, uh, I mean, I think we've kind of driven this as far as we can. Uh, it's again, it's another week that will have to play out in front of us. The Sharks have three games between now and the next time when we speak with you for, uh, what would that be, 79? It feels like 79, yes. So, games against Chicago. Chicago, I think, is better than their record says. Minnesota, I think, is worse <laughs> than what their record says right now, to be yeah. quite honest with you. I mean, there's literally <laughs> gifts of their coach saying, forget it, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, take take your two points and keep the change. Yeah, wow. yeah. Boudreaux is just so like, no, I'm out. I'm done. Like, no, I'm I'm out. Uh, but then and then to follow that up, you have Nashville, who does not suck. So uh, yeah. between now, that's that's going to be three games. I think if the Sharks went one and two, we'd take that as a win at this point. Like, it's just, it, we're all ready to go full ratto. Just win a game. It's not even just win the game. It's just win a game. A at this game. Point. Yeah. yeah. And we all remember, you know, the, the, the cliche, I'm old enough to remember. Well, I'm old enough to remember when the Sharks lost damn near 10 straight and the answer from Wilson was to bring in Joe Thornton. Not saying that mm -hmm. that's going to happen. Clearly, they're... It's a lot of term on some of these contracts on the big pieces. There are no moves and no trade clauses involved. So the pieces that you have to move, like, you know, you go back and look at it. It was like, okay, Stewart, Primo, and uh, who who's the other piece that left? Mar Marco Sturm. Sturm. So, I mean, you have a decent, you have a top four defenseman, arguably top two at that point. Sturm is a top six winger. And then uh, Primo, you know, third, fourth line grind guy. So you try to put that out now. It's like, okay, so who are you going to get? Who's the big name you're going to get? Again, cap space falls into it, but who are the three names that you try to trade to get something decent back? I mean, Dylan is comparable to Stewart value-wise, not offensively. Mm -hmm. You oh, know, dude. Dylan clearly I better defender than Stewart was, but Stewart clearly a better offensive defenseman than I, Dylan I, is. 
I was really sad when we traded Brad Stewart. Just on a side I, note, no, I, I, dude, I was a big Stewie fan. Uh, he was never the same after that hit from Jody Shelley. But either way, Dylan, and then who else do you throw into there? Is it like I don't know, nope. Le, LeBanc and Sorensen? Hurdle. Oh bullshit, Hurdle. <laughs> but le, I mean, you could honestly, you could say LeBanc and Sturm. That's sure somewhat, yeah. and then Primo and Sorensen. These are or, you know. <laughs> Lucas Rodil. Oh, oh uh, mm, well, I don't know. Well, you know what, Primo, he's got a point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, totally I remember, th- I remember the Sharks from the mid two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, you can try to make that move, but again, the Sharks. Doug Wilson has painted himself into a corner with all the term and all the cash that he has given out. Now, granted, if I remember correctly, uh, the the cap didn't go to where a lot of people thought it was going to go this last season. That also may have tied his hand a little bit more as well. Tied a lot of people's hands, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So and not not in a good way either. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh I think we've got uh the you know the next three games are going to be a lot of it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. Again, I am of the thought that Shimmick will be wearing a Sharks jersey come Tuesday versus Chicago. I don't know that that's going to fix all the problems. Again, we know that Petey Bohr has a predilection for his righty-lefty matchups, and it'll be interesting to see if he decides to slot Shimmick right back on Burns' side, uh, keep Vlasic and Carlson, I guess, which would leave you with Dylan and Ferraro. Um, you know, both lefties, but okay. Maybe you have Dylan and Carlson, and you have Vlasic and Ferraro. And actually, I kind of like that matchup a little bit better because Vlasic, oof, man, God, that guy hit the wall at thirty-one, didn't he? When it comes to I, skate speed, <laughs> I, I would, I would like to see if you remember Shimek's first game last year. I would like to see Shimek tell Eric Carlson to stay on his side of the ice. Ooh, <laughs> yes, yes. absolutely so with that uh i want to uh i I think we can wrap this one up we can put a nice little tidy bow on this one so hockey jerk where can the people find you on the social media to get more and more of your hot takery and foreseen points (laughs) well I thought you were just going to not restrict it to social media because I was going to say you could find me uh, on Santa Clara Street banging a uh, wrench onto a lamppost in front of the SCP Center until uh, until the Sharks win a game. Okay. But on on social media, you can find me on the Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter <laughs> machine, um, at hockey underscore jerk. Uh, a lot of hot takes, as you said, AJ. I mean, hot takes are great. Um, foreseen points, I recently just started tracking uh, this year's, and right now Kevin Kurz is in the lead, and we can't let that happen. So <laughs> send your foreseen points to me. Please tag them with hashtag foreseen, and please spell foreseen the correct way. Yeah. <laughs> D- let me you. ask you one question. Is Kurz aware that he's playing the game? <laughs> as as far as I know, the only person who's aware that is there me. is a game is me <laughs> and me. Yeah, Zach. I'm pretty sure Zach does. Yeah. Uh, Who the hell's uh, Zach? 
Zach Devine, Zach the Bear. Oh, yeah. Devine the Bear. Okay, not the Zach that everybody no, has lost that, that crap over. No, not that over. one. Yeah. No, 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 not no. that one. I yeah I, I I think um I would say probably eighty six percent of the people who are playing don't know that they're playing. There you go. And, <laughs> and boy, you bring up uh the the whole Zach guy. Man, never have I seen uh just the 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 turn. Like everybody just before he came out to San Jose, everybody was mm-hmm. like, see, so many people seem to support this guy. He comes out for a week and everybody's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> he's know? the Jonah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's Ooh. he's, he's the Jonah. So, okay. I watched this movie because I like movies. Uh, it's based on a book. And so there's a, it's called, what is it? Master and commander, far side of the world, some junk like that. And there's this one dude on the ship that like, uh, officers and enlisted men are not allowed to interact with each other, and you're really not Never supposed to be friendly. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah, and you're not supposed to be friendly with them. It's just work. That's what you do. And so this one dude, like, messed up, and he's trying to be nice to everybody, and people aren't respect him. And, like, everybody else who, like, is at his rank is, like, 12, and he's, like, 22. <laughs> so he's really not going anywhere as military career. And anyway, so, like, there's a lot of crap that starts happening with the ship that's bad weather and stuff and the enlisted men start mumbling amongst each other that this dude the schmuck guy is is the jonah (laughs) and they say like yeah he's cursed they had to get him off the ship in order for like the weather to break well so yeah so zach zach is was the san jose sharks jonah yeah dude the the haters have come out in full force wow I can I say one more thing real quick before we go. Let her rip. Yes. So those of you who were at the game against the Vancouver Canucks on November the second, um, you most likely saw uh, before the third period, I believe it was, um, a inebriated gentleman uh, was scaling I the glass. I said and, I was sorry. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say. I just want to let everybody know that was not me. <laughs> oh my gosh. What, did that happen like during the game, or was that like intermission? It was. It was literally right as they were lining up for the faceoff to start the period. I don't oh. know what period. I think it was the third wow. period. Okay, because you know, I had some friends that were at that game, and I asked them about it, and they're like, "We have no idea what you're talking about." And I'm like, "Okay, it must have been. Ju- it must have been. You know, intermission or just before puck drop, as you're describing. So that makes sense now." Yeah, if you watch the video, which. I don't recall who tweeted out, but if you watch the video, you can hear like that. I don't know what you call it. That like sound effect they play before the puck drop. Like you can. THX George. Yeah. Team chaos. I was hoping the guy was going to go all the way over, like (laughs) just for the fun of it. Well, you know what? I, you know, he probably would have stayed a little bit more sober if he would have had access to coffee. Here we go. Center. Let her rip. Let her rip. I'm, 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 this is what I'm here for. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, my name is Rocket Backhander, and I drink a lot of coffee. If you haven't seen, like, look at this giant 14 ounce mug of deliciousness. And it's teal. See, even my nails are teal. Okay. So, I like to drink a lot of coffee because it keeps me warm. It keeps me caffeinated. I like to stay warm. I like to stay caffeinated. You know what else I like? Sharks hockey. Now, what I want to know is how come I can't stay warm and caffeinated and watch Sharks hockey in the same building? I got to walk six blocks down Santa Clara 
down to this damn Starbucks that stays open until 7 p.m. in order to get a decent coffee. I mean, even if I didn't go there, I could probably go over to Whole Foods, but my God, that organic stuff tastes nasty. I want that crappy chemically processed in Pittsburgh with the Flint, Michigan water. I need that roast in my body. That's what I need. Starbucks coffee. <laughs> so I, what I want to know is like, why? Why can't you get a coffee cart? And don't tell me it's a real estate issue on the concourse. You know it's not. I know it's not. Because I have seen Dunkin' Donuts carts on NHL concourses where it only takes up maybe a four foot by four foot footprint. And all they need is an electrical outlet because they have their own water and stuff. They're all perfectly contained. Now that kind of outfit, it doesn't, it's not high tech. It's not a whole lot of investment on the high end. And I want to know why the hell I can't get coffee at SAP Center. Because Airmark coffee tastes like complete asshole. Don't ask me what I how I know what asshole tastes like, okay? Airmark, your coffee is nasty. I don't like it. I don't want it. It makes me mad. This is the reason why the Sharks are losing. If the Sharks had some coffee in that building, maybe they could stay caffeinated, bring some, you know, a little zhuzh to the on-ice product, get their little mojo going, bring some BDE, and, you know, win a couple of damn games out there. But instead, no, your, your options are blue Gatorade, red Gatorade, and this nasty-ass Aramark poo water. I can't... I, I can't. I, I th- cannot. I feel even. like we need to open up a coffee shop called Zhuzh. Um, get your Zhuzh. You know, you're feeling a little cold. If you, you're a little down, you don't want that extra Bud Light because you got to drive or that Michelob Ultra because you got to drive. You know, like <laughs> you know, there I, there are laws. You don't want to drink claws. Come get some Zhuzh. You know, Zhuzh up your life. Keep it teal. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot an arrow across the bow, and then we can get out of here. So as we as we know, the Sharks don't like to be beat by Vegas, right? Right. Who does? So, so I mean, uh, dude, as a gambler, I don't like to be beat by Vegas. <laughs> right, 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 right. So uh, at the Golden Knights game, there was a woman sitting in front of me, and she had a cup of coffee that she bought at the game. And it made me think of Rocket because I know she loves coffee. So all I'm saying, uh, San Jose Sharks – uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have coffee in their arena, and I know you don't like being beat by them. So, cool. hey now, help 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 a sister out. Yeah, help me yeah. help you. You uh, know, Rock. Uh, where can they find you on social media? You cannot find me. Don't try to find me. Leave me alone. Goodbye. No, okay. <laughs> Hi everyone. My name is Rocket Backhander. Oh my gosh, this season has been surreal for me. So, yeah. Uh, you can find years. me on social media, hanging out on Twitter. Tweeting a lot about uh, new palette releases, such as this Tati Beauty Textured Neutrals Volume 1. I'm super excited about it. You know what else I'm excited about? Brenda Dillon. He's still my favorite guy. He's, like you said, he's got the most value on this team right now. And that makes him important or important dish. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can, you can, that's basically what I just said for the last 45 seconds is essentially the verbal. Uh, translation of what you'll find on my Twitter page. It's seriously just like beauty, girly crap, and a lot of hockey. Mm, some hot takes. Uh, you know, I, I you know do some stuff. Anyway, the, God, I'm just... I, shut up. So, Instagram. You can find me over on Instagram taking pictures not being long-winded. Uh, Rocket Backhander, one word. Yeah, it, man. 
And if you're lucky, Rocket Backhander with her gig, you might see a, a, the occasional photo of glitter boobs, which, yay, those are the best boobs, glitter boobs. Thank you. And yeah. uh, look uh, for the new show next September on ABC uh, that that Rocket brought out starring Brendan Dillon in Portnish, followed in Portnish. You know, behind Mixed-ish and Blackish. Yeah, in Portnish. That'll be there. I am AJ. It's, it's, uh, it airs after winning adjacent. i am aj underscore strong on all the social media blah 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 this is the end of what did i say 78 78 sounds like a good one all right 79 coming nice oh no no it's 69 that's (laughs) nice uh 79 okay 69 nice plus 10 next week uh yeah when you get a 10 that'll do 69 oh man i'm taking this and it's over ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next week for episode 79 thanks for tuning in we will catch you all next time but do us a favor hit the subscribe button follow us on the social media at teal town usa twitter and instagram the website tealtownusa.com and whether it's iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever, leave a comment, leave a review, give a thumbs up, give us the five stars. We would appreciate it. We will see you all next week and hopefully somehow it involves a shark's victory. Oh God, I hope so. (laughs) 